The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered patron-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! Hi! <laughs> Welcome to Season 2, Episode 20 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. Today we'll be talking about choosing colors, taking measurements, and craft photo props. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, so this past week, um, I found myself accidentally a part of a 10-person group text chat. Mm-hmm. And these are all people I have never met in my entire life. I don't know how they got my number. Oh. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, there's 10 people on this text chain. Um, uh-huh. And it's been really fun because I'm trying to piece together like how I got on this chain, who these people are, and what they are talking about. <laughs> There's a craft connection, I swear. I'm getting to that shortly. Um, So, yeah, 10 strangers. I mean, I think I'm on this list because my phone number... Wait, are you on the real world? What? The MTV show, come on. I don't... How would this put me on the real world? 10 strangers. Never. I didn't have cable as a child. I don't... Oy. (laughs) (laughs) This a pop culture reference... I know <laughs> that you guys don't know. <laughs> I um anyway. Yeah. I was sheltered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, 10 person text thread. Yeah. Long story short, I figured out I'm on this thread because I have a Michigan cell phone number and these are all Michigan people, so it must just be a typo. Wait, you do? So do I. Yeah, I lived in Michigan, and that's when I got my smartphone, and I've never changed it. Hmm. Um, anyway, so this text chain, I've been, I decided it would be funny to uh, mess with these people, just because, like, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, I don't usually do pranks or whatever. And so they're... So, <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. So these people are talking about, like, baseball practice and rain delays and, like, lol, guess I canceled all my plans today for nothing. And so I decided to take a picture of my crochet that I was in the middle of because I've been on a design deadline. <laughs> I just text them a picture of my crochet. And these are 100% strangers. And I say, rainy day plans, wink tongue out emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and these are people that appear to be on some kind of sports team together. <laughs> And um, then the only response I got was, oh, love it. And then they went back to scheduling, like, some kind of picnic for children named Avery and Nevea. So wh- I'm on a parent text chain for some kind of kids baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably let them know. Why? That because I'm sure there's someone who needs to be on that chain who isn't. <laughs> I don't know. They must be a bad parent because they haven't noticed. I mean, if they don't know what's happening, how could they notice? Yeah. Anyway, Uh, I was, I just was like, I'm not actually hurting anyone. And this is really, really funny to me. (laughs) The person that's supposed to be in your spot, they'll say, so I didn't know you crocheted. What was that you were working? I didn't, what was that you were working? They wouldn't even know it was crochet probably. 
And then they'll be like, yeah. what are you talking about? And then you'll be booted. <laughs> yeah. So I'll keep y'all posted, but I am very amused oh, with oh, myself. Yes. Also, this 100% speaks to, like, design deadline brain when you're, like, when you find something this hilarious because you're so desperate for social interaction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of, it's sort of like, like the text version of what chat roulette was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Except entirely accidentally. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, like sending a text to your number neighbor. You've seen that? Yeah. 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 Now yeah. I kind of want to just send a craft picture to my number neighbor. See what happens. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> You'd probably just get a who dis. Yeah. Wait, what's a number neighbor? It's so if your number's who, like one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. It's the person whose number is just one different from yours. So like the last number is either one number higher or one number lower on your phone number. And you just send them a random text to say, hi, number neighbor. <laughs> it's, it's a thing <laughs> that the kids do. <laughs> Haley is so... I mean, (laughs) I have a phone number from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I feel like I'm just going to get either some very nice Midwestern lady (laughs) or somebody who's like, how did you get this? (laughs) And it's like... "Mm." Yeah, yeah, it's risky. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of... um, spam calls from numbers very close to mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same. So I think that my number neighbors might be robots. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's possible. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe we'd get along. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyway, hopefully nobody anyway. thinks I'm a horrible person for trolling these baseball parents. You aren't trolling them. You just sent no, them. No, it's pretty funny. You sent them some crafty joy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I haven't been doing anything nearly as as fun and and who knows what devious. could happen. Yes. Devious. Definitely not the devious. <laughs> um, I have been in I've been in craft holiday confusion because um, I'm at this moment where um, I just did a little bit of Halloween work um, and I'm hopefully going to be doing a little bit more Halloween work. I'm about to start on some Christmas stuff this week. And um, I'm also working on some spring designs this week. So I'm I'm just experiencing <laughs> all of almost all of the seasons. And it was super hot and humid yesterday. So really it's like like I'm in all four seasons at one time. It's a little crazy. I mean, that's like, <laughs> wow. Make I mean that's a superpower. It, I get I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have like a a pumpkin with some spring flowers and a Santa hat or something. <laughs> I guarantee you could find that on Pinterest. Yeah, I could. There's probably a very small audience, but an audience nonetheless. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I mean, probably. <laughs> the life of a craft designer. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. What have you got going on, Haley? So, uh, I just got postcards from my publisher that showed up sort of unannounced. I was like, what is this box? I don't understand. <laughs> Who ordered postcards? <laughs> I, what? <laughs> um, and then I opened them, 
And they were Golden Girls postcards from my publisher. Cute. Yeah. For my, yeah. I was like, ooh, I, I, I have merch. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it, not very exciting merch. <laughs> but I, I was pleased. But they're for my signing with Merritt Books at Rhinebeck this year. And this will be my first time going to Rhinebeck, which seems weird since I live in New York. Um, but I live in New York City and we don't leave. <laughs> um, anyway, so I feel very fancy. And if you listeners don't know what Rhinebeck is, it's, um, uh, what is it, Rhinebeck Sheep and Wool Festival? Yeah. Or New York State Sheep it's and New York. Wool Festival? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's in Rhinebeck, mm-hmm. so it's like the the big yarn and fiber event of this coast, or possibly the country. I would argue the world, but I also know I'm American, so people tend to get extra excited <laughs> about it in my circles. But I, I would yeah, say it's well, the biggest knitting event in North America. Isn't there, there's one in Edinburgh, yep. right? Yeah. That's, That's like the other, the other those are the one. two yeah. like big, big, big yep. ones. Yep. Anyway, so I get to I get to sign books. Yay. That's gonna be I, so cool. I have been invited to sign Golden Girls books at a yarn. Event. <laughs> I don't know, um, but everybody loves the yeah. Golden Girls. Yay! Yeah, I'm excited. I like it. That's exciting. So if you're going to Rhinebeck, let me know and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Well, let's dive into our meaty topics. Um, let's see. What have I got today? Um, oh yeah, so right now as we record this, it's Labor Day week, it's Labor Day week Wednesday, so it's officially fall vibes for us right now, mm-hmm. finally. Yeah, Mr. Big Stuff has his Halloween color on. <laughs> of course, and he's a black cat, so it's it's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but it was, I've been all, I, I, anytime there's a season change, I think just as like a designer, you're kind of, you're kind of gauging your mood for what you want to design and looking for inspiration and stuff. And I was just reflecting the other day, (laughs) as I do, (laughs) when I'm on a design deadline and just crocheting for 14 hours a day. Um, I was just thinking about how significantly, specifically spring and fall, impact my creative motivation. Um, And I definitely am not the only person. Like, the phenomenon of seeing spring coming and seeing spring infri- inspiration in lookbooks in the fashion world and in the craft world and Instagram, whatever, really made me just like inconsolably excited and motivated to sew this year, obviously, if anyone's ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for fall, it's always the yarn is calling for real. Like I tidy my stash. Oh, yeah, I yeah. start like saving projects right and left starting mid-July. Um, and so what... I, yeah, fall really does it to me. Do you feel like fall is more than spring for you, Haley? Like the excitement? Much, much yeah. more. What about, yeah. But I'm also a Halloween all year. <laughs> that is true. So. That is true. How about you, Molly? Yeah, I love fall projects and fall. Like, um, <clears throat> I haven't, like, I think I like the colors of fall for, for things. I mm-hmm. like that um, you're starting to get into cozy things. I am not ashamed to say that I love pumpkin spice lattes. So, it, like, <laughs> I've never had there. What? But I am not opposed. Um, do it. Yeah, you should definitely do it, but don't look at it before you drink it because 
I, I don't think that they um that the pumpkin spice latte base is vegan. Um, I'm sure there's a vegan one in Brooklyn. I'm somewhere. sure you could find a vegan one. But yeah, like I could make the a Starbucks vegan one. one. Um, the first time I actually looked at it, like it is actually really orange, um, <laughs> and that's a little weird. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I say, so. I think you know you get into like there's something really nice and cozy about whether you're at a coffee shop or you just make yourself a nice cup of coffee or tea or cocoa or something and you curl up and you work on a new project, whether it's, I mean, I love, I love some knitting and crochet in the fall. I mean, all time, all the time really, but, but also like, you know, the English paper piecing and embroidery, like it's, it's the perfect time for cozy making. And that inspires me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. And I think fall is when my inability to stick to what I'm supposed to do fails most frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all I want to do is, like, start a new sweater or start a new pair of mittens that I'm probably not going to finish. Or, like, it's a constant starting of, oh, I need to make this right now. Except that for me, at least in the past few years, it has also been a book deadline. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's a very awkward time to suddenly want to make all of the things that are not what I'm supposed to be making at all. I think at this point, so I'm working right now um, on a, like a poncho that can double as like a shawl um, because I'm big into that style poncho. Um, So I'm ready for that. I have plans for a cardigan, but Mm -hmm. really... Um, I should probably finish those socks that I started in the spring. Because <laughs> now it's almost time that I could actually wear them. Yeah. Cool. Then that confirms I am not the only person who gets really motivated by fall and spring seasonal changes for crafts. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think the other good thing about um, about the change of season, especially a cozier season is that it's really good for like Netflix and crafting. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to share some Netflix that I have been watching with my brother lately. Um, so I, for those who don't know, I am the oldest of six kids, children who are also adults, some of us anyway. Um, and I kind of have like a different, (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one that, like, when you only have, like, one or two siblings, I don't know how this works, but when you have a lot of siblings, you end up kind of having a different relationship with each person in the family. Um, so um, one of the things I've been doing with my brother, Max, um, most recently, is we have been watching the show The Carbonaro Effect, and there's, um, like, 20 episodes on Netflix now. And if you're not familiar with this show, um, Michael Carbonaro is a magician, but then he does, like, hidden camera prank kinds of things with the magic so mm-hmm. i'm so stressed ha- out well hey if he <laughs> wants to do a good prank he should just get on this text chain that i'm on that's yeah there you go but then he would do something amazing that would happen and people wouldn't know how that could possibly happen um so the, the reactions from people are just like adding himself to a text i did not chain? add that's myself right. to that text chain did. Haley. i didn't say you did that would be the <laughs> Um, but so, you know, there's things that, that will happen where like he had someone go in a tanning bed and then said that 
like he turned it on and then go and he's like in the middle of a mall and so he's training someone on how to do it and then he goes oh my goodness i think we've set it for too high for too long and he opens it up and she's gone and only her clothes are left with some ashes <laughs> and so oh the person that's there getting the training is like oh my gosh like and they're in these really normal <laughs> like situations but he's so but that doesn't get hot enough for no that. but I know what the temperature for creation is. <laughs> but he's always got these funny explanations. And, like, he just makes stuff up about, like, why something happened the way it happened. But he's done a couple episodes in a Michael's craft store. Oh, my gosh. So, and you know how, like, I, I don't know when the last time you went to Michael's was. But if you go up to the counter, it's also filled with, like, stuff that is not craft stuff at all. So, like, yes. one thing he had... It was meant to look like a toy turtle, but he talks about how they, they make these turtles out of some kind of special clay that, like, there's some chemical thing that happens, and and it makes it so that it looks really realistic. And the turtle then starts walking, because it's actually a real turtle. But it starts out <laughs> looking like a toy turtle, but then it's it becomes a real turtle in front of people's eyes in the Michaels store. Um, another one he had... <laughs> Like, um, you know those, like, chain um, gloves that you wear for carving to protect your hands so you don't yeah. cut yourself? So there yeah. he is. He's doing a demo in the middle of Michael's. And he explains that this glove actually has all these little, like, blades on the metal so you can use it um, for carving. And so he takes it and he sharpens a pencil with it to start. He has someone else wear it. And take um, just like a, a really thick doll rod, and she rubs her hand over it, and now suddenly it has carvings in the middle of it. And Whoa. <laughs> then he takes another piece, and he like just he rubs it a little bit longer, and there's shavings coming out of his hand, and it's a little carved like cowboy or something. And and they're just right in the middle of Michael's. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they know? They didn't, they they I, thought he was a Michaels employee. Huh. I mean, did oh, the did the Michaels, Michaels know? Oh, I'm, I'm sure because they I'm set sure. up they set up hidden cameras around. Um, oh, okay. But my favorite, and so if you go back and listen to season one, and I checked, it was in episode two. I talked about an embroidery magic trick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so kind of in a similar vein, he shows this. He does this demo. This I think was in. I think this was in a mall um, that he was doing this. And he's got a rack full of threads and he has a stack full of handkerchiefs. And he explains to people that they have this, I think it's like a some sort of Guatemalan spider that attacks lemon juice. And so they use that ability to have the spider embroider. And so he puts what? a handkerchief. I know. <laughs> He gets the person's initials. That was not where I, know. I thought that was going. <laughs> he takes the person's initials and he paints it on the handkerchief with lemon juice. He holds the spider in place over it, like in a little tube, and he covers it up, puts the thread in there for the spider to use because the spider was going to need some thread, obviously, for this. Sure. <laughs> and um, don't, don't spiders make well, their own? This, this particular spider apparently doesn't make its own. The Guatemalan lemon juice attacking spider <laughs> um, is how he explains it. <clears throat> and 
He holds it. He has the, the person in the mall hold a little spool of thread, and suddenly the thread comes shooting off of the spool, and they, he opens his hands, and now here's the spider, and it's embroidered the person's initials on the handkerchief. And That's so cool. I, I know a, a fair amount about how a lot of magic things work, because growing up with a dad who who does that for fun and business at times. Um, I, I, I don't know how this was done because it was his initials from the person right there in the middle of the mall. And of course the guy though buys it. He doesn't think this is a trick. He thinks, no, the spider really did it. And that's what makes it so fun. I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh dear. Also, it was weird. I recently went to a ridiculous mag- magic show. <clears throat> Sorry, from a New York Times crossword puzzle designer. Okay. Um, and uh, it was called the Enigmatist, <laughs> and very, very specific tricks like that happened, and that I have no idea how, like, very personalized yeah. things happened, and I. I still have no idea, and I mean, it ended in a very specific crossword puzzle, and I was like, (laughs) Um, but I don't know, like, mall, like, like, the kind of gotcha magician tricks make me so uncomfortable, because I don't believe them, and then they're screwing me, like... I understand how the world works in regards to whatever they're doing. Like, I know how long it takes to cremate a body. Like, that simply doesn't happen. And also, right. there are bones after you've cremated right. a body. You have to grind those. <laughs> like, that, that's not how that works. And so I just, I, it, it just stresses me out. I feel it's, like, <laughs> go ahead. Do, does this dovetail with, your location on the spectrum at all, Haley, if that's okay to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Right. I'm just not wanting to put words in your mouth. <laughs> I have a really hard time going along with things that are so clearly BS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not like if if I'm aware that like we're doing this. Right. Thing, yeah. Then that's fine. But if you're trying to trick me, like, sweetheart, I'm well, smarter than I think, I think that's the thing that is really, like, it's fun to watch because you look at it and and I don't, I, I don't want to assume that in the moment that I would go, like, oh, duh, you're a magician. Um, but I, I feel like I've, <laughs> I've known enough magicians and seen enough times where people did try to mess with me with that mm-hmm. kind of thing where I would be like okay, that was an awesome trick. Where did the person go? You know, like, I mm-hmm. I would recognize that. And yeah. so I think the fun of watching it is the people who go, who, I, beca- I think, and because it's in, like, a really normal environment, you don't expect a magic trick. Sure. So that's part of it. But still, you kind of, how do you, how do you not instantly pick up that this person has just done, and he's also, the guy, Michael Carbonaro is very good at, like, playing along like like he's just as shocked as the people so (laughs) i don't know it's i will you know even before the craft uh ideas came along in a few episodes i was like 
this is really fun to watch. When when he was in Michael's, though, I was like, what? This is my scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right, I, I will have to watch one, but usually that stuff just freaks me out because I think it's mean. Oh, um, yeah. Because I... He, I mean... Because I would feel like people were being yeah mean to like me. indirectly and, and it's definitely a yeah he, okay. I mean like and, it's it's that I just don't my brain doesn't go yeah along. he yeah. does he lets them in on it like you don't see him let him let them in on it on every single one but at the end of every episode he does sure. and so then you like you know that that's what he's doing but he's not being yeah. mean either yeah. or making fun of them for being right stupid, right, right exactly he's like um it, this is kind of like the Carbonaro effect have you ever heard of that it's also the name oh my of and it's it's the same every time it's also the name of a hidden camera magic tv show like the one you're on now <laughs> has he ever gotten punched in the face um i would punch no, him i don't think they haven't shown him getting punched in the face <laughs> well they wouldn't no i would imagine yeah. Not a family show. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that has been my... Oh, I have to check that out now. <laughs> oh, Woodrow's going to go check it out right now. Okay. Oh, Woodrow's <laughs> got to go to the living room and jump on the Apple TV right now. <laughs> oh. Woodrow actually would really hate magic and start barking at it, I am sure. Because he would be... Because he too. wouldn't understand and then be like, where's my tweet? <laughs> and then he'd bark because he got scared. <laughs> Fair. See, I would react exactly the same way that your dog would. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, this uh, particular entry in, in our podcast has to do with an email that I got from someone who bought my first book, Improper Cross Stitch. And... This story isn't to make fun of that person. It's more to reassure a lot of different people who might come across the same issue. So the email was this person being a bit stressed out because they couldn't get the specific DMC colors that I had specified in the book. And I had specified them in the book because DMC colors are sort of the industry standard. Mm-hmm. So they're the most readily available in the most places. And so this person, like, it, it was a really sweet email. And I was, like, they are making this project for their dad, who looks kind of like one of the characters that is in the book. Like, it's, it was very sweet. But he was asking for alternative colors because he couldn't get, um, he was in a different country. Oh, gotcha. And so he couldn't get the specific colors. And I will respond to him more specifically because I just got the email yesterday. But I want to assure everybody out there, because I get this email a lot and I think that a lot of people who are craft designers get this email a lot. It's totally, sorry, it's totally fine to just match by sight. It will not screw up your project at all if 
if you don't have the exact same colors that I do. It will not screw up your project at all if you want to choose different colors than what I have. Um, and I feel like people are so focused on not screwing it up or so focused on following the instructions, which I totally get because I'm one of those too, um, that it's sort of, I think people think something disastrous might happen or that I really specifically chose that color for an absolute reason when really it's, it's just because it was the color closest to what I was thinking. And there are probably four or five different colors that would be perfectly fine and not make anything look strange. And so I just, I felt like I should say that because I, I often get emails like that or people asking about where they can get specific fabrics or specific prints or even specific colors of yarn or what if they can't get this kind of yarn where they are. And it's really completely fine to either, if you really like specifically everything about the design that you're trying to make, to match something that is visually close and makes you happy, or to do your own thing. And like most projects, unless they specifically tell you that you need this thing for a reason, there's a lot more flexibility in that and you should definitely feel free to not like you don't have to run to the store if you have a slightly different dark gray than the dark gray floss number that I recommend. I always feel like telling people when I get asked that sort of question like Mm -hmm. you are good enough you are a real maker and I am confident that you have taste and can make your own choices if that's what you want to do. Because I think a lot of people just don't have confidence in making those choices. And I think in the knitting world, there's people who've gotten burned because they didn't realize in their color work that they needed something high contrast for the design to, like, read as the design. Right. And, like, I think so there's a little bit of, like, color theory basics that some people just don't Mm -hmm. have even if they're really good at making. But you can take classes or even, like, just go on YouTube. There's a million videos about color theory. Oh, sure. And, like, I have a color yeah, wheel. Yeah, exactly. That, it's literally um, just a color wheel. That I can use in case I mm-hmm. need to. Yeah. And I, and that's just, and I and that, um, I think that's, I think it's 100% a confidence issue that we as designers, when we get questions like that from people, they feel like they need our blessing to, like, go yeah. crazy. And it's like, you don't. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. No. Yeah. Which I totally get. And, like, again, this isn't, I'm not trying to call this person out at all. They, oh, me neither. They made no, no, me no. think of a much larger conversation that I I feel like, like whenever I respond to these, I'm like, it's totally fine. If, if you like, here are some alternate suggestions, but it's also totally fine. If you have like a color similar to this, that isn't one of these. Yeah, I think like you won't mess anything up. Yeah. And, and also like, if you, if you like how it looks, like that's really ultimately that's what matters. If someone likes how if they're yeah. if they're looking at whether it's because they don't have the right color or they, um, you know, maybe you suggested it in a color palette that is really different from what their personal taste would be. It's fine to swap every single color out in a pattern, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a matter oh, of absolutely. what do you like. And I get that email like, a lot. Yeah, but it's like 
Mm-hmm. Well, if you like it, if it makes you happy, and if you think it looks good, that's totally acceptable. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I actually get the swapping colors out email a lot, and people are usually mad at me <laughs> when they email because I have not designed this thing in a color palette that they like. And, like, I'm so confused when I get those emails because I'm like, but do, make it in a color that you yeah. like. Like, that's, I- that's great. But I think people... I think people are mad at me and and irritated because they don't feel like they have like the confidence to do their own right. thing. And like that they like maybe they want like a different base color and what they really want to ask is if I do it in this color what complementary color Oh girl, you know what they actually want? They actually want somebody to blame if they make a bad choice. Hmm. Well, and I mean, that may be part of it. It's not everybody, but there definitely are some people who don't want to take responsibility for any decisions in their life. And this might be symptomatic of that, just saying. Uh, Uh, Yes, but I also think there are some truly well-meaning people who I think um, almost like the the need to for perfectionism can be paralyzing when even making the simple decision of of what color to use. And I will I, I mean... I can't tell you how many times that I have um, showed a um, a color palette to friends or family or the internet and said, which one of these do we like better? Like, just because having someone else weigh in can be helpful, but also, ultimately, oh, sure. you know, you just pick what you like. Although, I, it, as a, a little tip, um, I was in a, I'm in a, um, a group chat with um, some other embroidery artists and um, someone asked, like, what's your go-to method for choosing a color palette? And this person is a designer, so she um, she already does this regularly, but she was just kind of asking, what do, you, what do people do? And my favorite, if I'm needing a new color palette and I'm stuck on what should I use, what colors are going to work well together, is I go and I find something... Mm-hmm. Whether it be a photo, sometimes it's another piece of... of uh, another craft item or something, and I go... What are the color feelings that I'm getting from this? And then I spring from that and be like, okay, this illustration has a really great color palette. I can draw inspiration from it. And that's a good place to, you, if you don't feel like you can just choose on your own, you could use somebody else's color mm-hmm. palette. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And here's another tip if you're wondering whether or not the colors that you have chosen are going to look weird together. Um, lay them out. And take a black and white photo. And you'll be able to see if... Um, it's called the color mm-hmm. value, but it's the the difference between the grays or... Yeah, the how strong contrast. those colors are. If they yeah. don't... Yeah, if the contrast doesn't stand out enough, it, you're probably going to lose some of that contrasting detail. Mm-hmm. But if they do stand out against each other, then you're almost certainly not going yeah. to lose any of the contrasting detail. Yeah, and I also, um, I tend to look at, like, and I think you have to learn to do this, but um, looking at colors that are more warm and more cool, and you can even see within a certain color, like, that you could have a blue 
that we think of blue as a as a mm-hmm. cool color. Um, that color is so cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, but you can have warmer blues. Um, and mm-hmm. so if you keep things um, all more warm or all more cool, sometimes that works. Sometimes having it so that it plays against each other is also good. But like looking at that and comparing that can sometimes help, if, especially I think if you were swapping in a color, like if everything was really a cool color palette and you brought in yep. the different version of a red that was way more warm, that could look weird. But if you just go for something that's close and it seems to play with everything well, go yeah, for it. totally. Yeah, Those absolutely. are great tips. Yeah, and so it just, this is one of those things that I think designers, like we often get a little frustrated these questions and I absolutely don't think that most of the time people are emailing us or asking us to be annoying or because they want to do want us to do the work for them I think it's really that a lot of people because they don't necessarily design themselves don't feel like they have the authority to make those decisions yeah. And you do. Yeah. You absolutely do. And, like... Yeah, we we ask, are officially giving our ask blessing. Ask a friend <laughs> if... Yeah, we, we are. Like, ask a friend if you don't know if colors look nice together. And it doesn't matter if they're a crafter. Like, it's... That's a good point. You can do it. Yeah. You can absolutely do it. You can make those choices. And if you screw up, then you learn from it. And that's also useful. But you probably won't screw up if you follow the basic tips that we just laid out. Very good. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Um, At craft night, um, every week on Wednesdays in my uh, studio, I have a craft night. And... um, it's fun because it's it's like it's mostly knitters and crocheters, but we have some sewers and quilters and cross stitchers that come in and out, which is really fun. I really love that it's mm-hmm. a craft night with multiple crafts. Um, and what's also really cool is there's a lot of friends from the local um, yarn community who I didn't realize were really good at sewing um, because they just mm-hmm. sewing is never like the easiest thing to take to a bit a crowded yarn shop midnight, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, or what have you it's hard to take out of the house um and so it's been cool because there's some folks who come in because they know they can cut out their pattern like layout on the floor and stuff but what's also cool is a lot of people are coming because they need a buddy to help with like pinning up the skirt pinning up the hem of a skirt um and then also this past wednesday in particular um shout out to my um local knitting community buddy jill um because she i knew her from the community and she um dm'd me on instagram being like hey can i come to your craft night and have you measure me for this sewing thing i'm doing and i was like a hundred percent um so it was really cool because i've definitely been measured by other friends at like knitting retreats before but it was nice to get to do that for a friend um and whenever and you learn so much yeah doing it. and like the process of like this group that so far it's almost all women there's a couple gentlemen that come in and out but mostly to our sunday meetup um and so it's kind of nice because we're sitting there in a group of mostly women like talking objectively about fit and it never Mm -hmm. one of the things i like is that it never feels like it's about somebody calling themselves fat 
or calling themselves like unworthy or other low self-esteem negative self-talk. No, it's not a value. It's an objective number that makes your clothes fit you and look flattering on you if you can get your fit. And so it's just this really nice like women's space of like solidarity and intimacy and like... I don't know. There's something just really, really special about the process of measuring another human. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. it's like a favor. It's something you can't do for yourself accurately very well. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm basically. There's a trust and an intimacy. Absolutely. And I don't know. It's just like a nice thing that I wanted to mention. But I think it's because it takes, I think for me, it takes me back to like when I went like wedding dress shopping with my mom or when my mom bustled the same dress like at my wedding before the reception. Mm -hmm. So that's also very intimate. Um, And also like at your wedding where you're supposed to look all nice, you're like standing there in a pair of Spanx and a slip while somebody's like adjusting your dress so you can like pee and eat (laughs) for the day. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And, And then there's also, and then there was also when I was, um my aunt's flower girl all the flower girl junior bridesmaid and bridesmaid dresses were hand sewn and so i have memories of being young and being in that space and seeing like all these adult women get fitted and i don't know there's something very sweet about it that's very like there's a very like feminine energy and like friendship energy that's just nice i don't know it's nice and there's a vulnerability there (laughs) yeah and i don't feel like women get the space to be able to be vulnerable about their bodies very often especially these days vulnerable in a bad way but vulnerable in right like you're trusting the people around you to treat your body with care and respect Mm -hmm. and that respect is not something that you can assume in all other situations. And I really, really appreciate that when you're in that setting, Mm -hmm. the numbers don't mean anything other than how does this translate into a flat pattern that will then translate into a three. Yeah, like other than being this is the number to aim for to mm -hmm. solve this fit puzzle. Because it's just yep. rational. Yeah. Yep. And like, where do you pinch the yeah. darts? That's actually one of my favorite things to have somebody around for. And I almost never have anybody around for it. Like, you can get the best fitting A-line skirt of your life if you have someone who knows about sewing pinch the darts in the back mm-hmm. for you. And like, just move them around by hand until you get the right place for the yeah. darts. And, like, that is so valuable. And it doesn't, like, the location of your darts doesn't say anything about you as a person. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, how. It's just where your butt is. What shape (laughs) is your body in this particular spot? Or if you need to raise or lower bust darts. Like, that doesn't say anything about whether or not, say, your boobs are nice. It's just... (laughs) How does this fit you? <laughs> and how is that going to be comfortable and like fit you properly? Yeah. It doesn't matter what those adjustments yeah. are. Yeah. There isn't a good or a bad. Right. So you've just had this, you know, you're you've had your moment with with measuring with measuring Jill. Um and, <laughs> and now I'm going to talk about <laughs> I'm going to talk about actual literal measuring tapes. Um so yeah. I not too very oh, long ago, okay. I went to, <laughs> I went to um, my local Joann's 
and I, um... <laughs> Did you skip Michael's because you didn't want to get pranked by a magician? Yes, <laughs> exactly. No, that's me. Gonna... I will never go to Michael's again. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't true. I'm um, going to Michael's, like, tomorrow. But... <laughs> I mean... Sometimes it does feel a little bit like a prank when I walk into Joanne and see like 20 people in line and I go, you have got to be messing with me today. But that's not where I'm going with this. Um, So I find that the bin filled with rainbow colored measuring tapes is just delightful. I just want to dig my hands into it. I think that they're wonderful. But how many? Yes. How many measuring tapes does one girl really need? Not probably a full rainbow of them. Unless, unless... I mean, I make bracelets out of them. Okay, that's that's perfectly acceptable. I have done that as well. But you can justify buying every color of measuring tape when you need <laughs> color-coordinating photo props for your craft photos. Mm-hmm. So now... Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel that way about scissors. Yes, exactly. I have done it with scissors. I haven't bought every color of scissors, but I have a lot of scissors that I buy because I go, that's going to look really great in a photo. And whether whether you are a craft blogger or a professional craft writer for other kinds of publications, or you just share your pictures on Instagram, I would just like to let people know, and I'm I, I apologize in advance for this, you can justify buying all of those craft supplies for photos. They're photo props. It's a write-off on your taxes. <laughs> it is. That is true. Um, I agree completely. It's also why I have a jar filled with rainbow-colored measuring tapes. But, you know. And it's not a suspicious write-off like getting your hair done for a video shoot. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing that I do. Some people, some people I mean, have heroin. Some people have measuring tapes. <laughs> I like that you've just compared my measuring tape addiction to heroin. <laughs> I mean, it may not be wrong. I don't. I don't know. I can't say for sure. For a second, I thought your um, video had cut out, and that you totally missed me comparing your ta- your measuring tapes to heroin. <laughs> and I was just gonna go with it and wait till you heard the playback. No, I got that. <laughs> Ooh, you guys! I just got a text yes. from that checked thread about the softball game. Sorry, I Ooh. missed this. I'll check the roster. <laughs> Just in case anybody wanted to know how the baseball team was doing. <laughs> Noted. I mean, gotta keep important up to date. I, I gotta know what Avery and Nevaeh are doing this season. Okay. Well, I should preface this with saying that I am the kind of person who has everything that you could possibly want in their purse at any given time. And I don't have a lot of stuff in my purse. Like, it's well organized. It's It's well sorted out, but if you need a thing, I probably have it, including multiple types of Band-Aids and, like, just just many things. And so I got this email that probably most of our listeners also got from Pearl Soho this week talking about the their merchant and mills um collaboration on a rapid repair kit for like travel sewing kit basically oh okay and i saw it and i hit buy before i was completely awake 
um, because I was so delighted. Because I like Merton and Mills um, tools. They're very nice, very sturdy tools. But it comes in a tin. It comes in a labeled tin. And we know how I feel about labels. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am currently opening it right now. It is this beautifully displayed thing. And I just, I just want you to know that the needles, they come in a tiny corked glass bottle. Cute. And it's my favorite. But so I decided that my travel sewing kit needed a bit of an upgrade. So I bought that and now I'm in the process of thinking about what I need to add to it to make it truly everything that I could individually want at any given emergency regarding sewing or fixing things. And so I'm trying to figure out, it's got the basic needles, thread, measuring tape, scissors. Definitely going to throw a thimble in there because sometimes you need to fix something in jeans. Yeah. And you definitely need to be able to push a little harder for that. I'll probably put, ooh, I think one of my tiny markers. <laughs> um, so I, I'm looking forward to that, and it's going to go in my purse right next to my Leatherman multi tool. As, as you do, because because a girl prepared, <laughs> a girl prepared. Um, so anyway, I I was just wondering if maybe our listeners would like to tell me what is in their go to like emergency sewing or crafting kit. Like, what's in your purse? What do you have on you just in case something exciting happens? The answer for me is nothing. Because so. <laughs> I am terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to make you <laughs> send it to you. Yeah, I don't care a repair kit at all. Carry? Carry How? or care? I don't know what word I said. Sorry. Car- carry. You said care, but carry. Sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, I mean, now that you're making handmade clothes, sometimes those seams pull out a little bit. Like, there's there's a good reason to have one. Not that I'm <laughs> for being unprepared. I just figure it won't happen very often. Um, and if it does, I'll just go home. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. It, I almost never have to pull it out for myself. Mm-hmm. But... I have absolutely been, like, at weddings and have sewn up something that, for the bride, Mm -hmm. that has come awry very quickly, and someone has come to find me, and I have fixed a thing on the Mm -hmm. fly. And so, that stuff, I don't know, but I also felt like it was necessary if I was, like, going on interviews or something like that, because something will go wrong. Mm -hmm. But, anyway, so... I, I was just curious about what other people keep in theirs. Um, maybe you can inspire <laughs> me and tell me about things that I wouldn't necessarily think of. So you should uh, hashtag very serious crafts and let me know. Molly, do you use a repair kit or am I the only person who lives dangerously and doesn't carry one at all? <laughs> <laughs> you are not the only person. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't don't carry, like, just carry it, like, no. Friends. Sorry. Haley's just always prepared, and I am not. I'm making one for both. I think that means, 
A very serious well, I, repair kit. I feel like um, that makes you... <laughs> Ooh, Patreon uh, swag. Maybe. <laughs> um, I think that makes you most ready to be a mother. Because that seems like the thing. Like... <laughs> um, I don't know. It feels like very Mary Poppins, like, to be able to pull that, that out of your bag and be ready to yeah. fix anything at any moment. Um, yeah. I just have an anxiety disorder. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, it happens. happens. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it's useful That's sometimes. True. That's true. Very mm-hmm. useful. All right. Well, I I guess I, I have no choice. I, I'm going to have to send you both one, and that's where we're going to leave it. And okay, that's all I have to say. I, I'm. All right. Well, on that <laughs> yes. note. Before we officially sign off, we want to give a shout out to some serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Elizabeth and Martha, our newest supporters. Thank you. So if you're a person who likes to hang out on the Internet, you should hang out with us. Yes. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. If you want to join in on the conversation, tag us using hashtag VerySeriousCrafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with our username at Serious Crafts and then we can reshare it. It's like a whole thing on the back end. Super easy. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? I assume so. Pretty please leave the Very Serious Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And finally, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click on Sponsor. Or you can just be a good friend with us and support us at Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts, and you'll get like a cute shout-out like Elizabeth and Martha just did, so... Yay! Because we love Elizabeth and Martha. They're the best. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Try not to rip your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the repair kit will help you. That could be rough. <laughs> <laughs>